Poppycock. Poppycock. Are we are we live? Yeah. Did you hit record? Yep. Cool. Hi everyone. Hi to everyone who's watching us on Patreon. So we're here. We're recording during the day, being productive. Look at us. Do 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 do. Welcome. We are changing our release dates to Tuesdays now because that's when people tend to listen to podcasts more apparently. So and we're all about chasing that that money. As you all know, patreon.com slash cf. That's patreon.com slash cf. <laughs> and it's going to be easier for Joe the editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Every, yeah. everyone wins. Everyone wins in this scenario. So, which is not the case typically with us. So, you know, you, you really actually turns out you can't monetize private private Fridays. Something <sighs> smells in my room. And I don't know what it is. It's really bothering me. It might be your... So, oh, God, I hope it's not my. I, I, I hate washing sheets. <laughs> oh, this is so bothersome. I know you hate washing sheets because I was your roommate. That was twenty years also, ago. Also, I went for a walk this morning. Beautiful, beautiful seventy-eight degrees. Walk at six o'clock in the morning, and I got done. In my, I walk in the house, and my son says, "Dad, I need to get heavy whipping cream. I'm going to make these desserts." For our family today, I need heavy whipping cream. So I said, okay. And he goes, so how about you go up and get a shower, and when you come down, we'll go. And I was like, why do, why do I need to uh, get a shower? Why? Why is it because I smell terrible? Why do I need to get a shower? And he's like, so instead, we went to the grocery store right then because I didn't have time. And holy crap, when I was checking out, I was like, is that me? <laughs> is that me, or did someone? boil cabbage and then leave it out in the pavement for six months is this oh my god is this what i've become without structure or expectations is this what 40 smells like (laughs) (laughs) yeah there'll be some days where i'll totally forget to shower and i'll be like gosh today was a good day (laughs) (laughs) uh we are laughing so yeah we're going to start off this new catching foxes tuesday with the old 10 minute topics 10-minute topics so with, where we pretend to talk for 10 minutes about a topic that we could generate ourselves. <laughs> why Why do it yourself when chat GBT can take care of everything? Turns out they're losing <laughs> a lot of money because no one's paying for it. Imagine that. Yeah. Can I tell you a funny chat GTP story? Someone wrote a letter and it sounded, it, it was the most bizarre letter about a feast day that I have ever heard. And so I was like, hmm. Let me see what the old chat GTP can generate. GPT can generate in a because everyone's like, this has to be fake. This has to be a robot wrote this. So I ran it through and I tried to, I tried to recreate it with all these different prompts. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get Turns it. Turns out it, shitty it, writer. Uh, Ryan asked, did it, did it finally cool down in Texas? The answer is no. It was 115 degrees. Feels like in, uh, at my house yesterday. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, that is your, your choice. All right. I know. That's so harsh. (laughs) My body, my choice. No, it's fine. Okay, I'm hitting the start button. Luke's first 10-minute topic is... Who would win in a fight between a silver-backed gorilla and a moose? Oh, a silver-backed gorilla? Are you kidding me? I think the moose, like, if it's a fully grown, fully muscular moose, I think the moose destroys the gorilla, because, like, those head things, Uh, like, those are dangerous. They are dangerous, but silverbacks, man, they are mean. Yeah, it would... Ah, man, I kind of want to see it. I mean, I don't. You know. Okay, this is what we'll do. We'll use your Catching Foxes uh, Patreon money. <laughs> we'll buy a moose, we'll buy and a- we'll buy a silverback grill, and then we'll underfeed them <laughs> and beat them for like a week at a time. Then we'll put them in an arena. We'll go to and Shanghai, we'll and we'll have a backdoor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to that uh, place that uh, Sylvester Stallone in the 12th Rambo movie went to when they were doing the cobra fighting. <laughs> PETA has entered the chat, according minute, yeah. to Sarah. <laughs> uh, PETA controls all. Okay, to the next one. With grief or other uncomfortable emotions, what do you find is an appropriate balance of feeling the feelings and pushing it down slash moving forward? Oh, man. I have been thinking about this a lot lately. A lot of free time, huh? Like, so much. <laughs> so much free time. I've been following the Linus Tech Tips saga. Oh, it's very exciting. Anywho. Uh, yeah, well, I've been thinking about this because, so, friends of mine just had a miscarriage. Mm, sorry. And they, yeah, and uh, it's really rough. Pray for them. You know them. I'll tell you who it is after the show. But So, if you're listening, say Hail Mary for this this couple who had to endure it, because it, it was pretty brutal on their in their hearts and in their lives. 
And so part of it is, you know, my role that I often find myself with my friends is either one or the other. It's I'm the guy to talk through the grief Mm -hmm. with my friends or else I'm the guy that they don't want to talk about it at all with. They want me to distract them from it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am comfortable playing both roles. I'm probably more comfortable being the distracting guy because I don't want to process feelings because I'm scared of them because then I might have to process my own. But um, so I was walking around thinking about this because they had sent me a text while I was on a walk. And so it kind of was lingering in my brain. And it was like, there are legitimate ways to say, I just can't do this right now. But then there are other times when saying that becomes illegitimate because then it's me running away from my problems. And I'm like, what? how do I know the balance mm-hmm. of these things? Yeah. You know, and because you might not be the type of person that um runs from your problems but you might just say like i just can't deal right now i have a friend who lost her son and uh she came to work and i said do you need excuse me her husband i don't know why i said son you need time off and she said that's the last thing i need and this was not someone who was afraid to process their grief and their feelings Mm -hmm. but she knew that she could then get on the cycle of fixation and she she could create that balance so yeah this is a tough question yeah i think there's no right or wrong way i mean on the extremes, there are. Yeah. Okay. Extreme. Yeah, there's not like a rule yeah, that yeah. applies to everyone in every situation. So, like, let's kind of, like, avoid the extremes here. But, yeah. So, because I think if you're, I mean, I guess the extreme in this, I mean, I don't know what it's being an extreme right or extreme correct way to do this. But, like, if you're, if it's going too far in, in the wrong way, and I think even if it's not, like, when you're dealing with grief in particular, it's great to have just outside help. So, yeah. I really recommend that. But. There are two things that, that I would say. It's good to like process your feelings and to confront things and to ex, and to experience stuff. But there's also like bills that need to be paid and like and um, life that that has to happen. So one, I think adjusting your expectations. Sometimes it might yeah. be where everyone will say things like, like like kind of one of the big things right now, and it has been for a while with productivity. Is like, what are the top three things you want to get done? today or one mm-hmm. of the top three things i want to do over the weekend that maybe have to be reduced to one or 0.5 yes. so you have to kind of adjust yeah. your your expectation and the expectation of 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 others without having to explain anything you say yeah. hey i'm going there's there is some some um, stuff going on i'm not going to be able to like focus on this and you may want to tell people like you know let's say if, if it's with work your employer if you are yeah. unmarried your spouse whoever like have an uh, an honest an, a, a a healthy honest conversation about like where you are and what is actually r- realistic. Most people, if you're trying to like be a good individual, and I'm not saying it's going to sound like I'm saying people who have um, um, mental health issues are not are not good individuals. That is not not what I mean. But if you're trying to to do stuff, if you're if this isn't happening all the time, people understand. It's it's there's a bit of a difference when it's like everything's a problem all the time. That's a symptom of like a bigger thing. Okay. And yeah. not saying that that is bad, that that's just that's just yeah. reality. So having I think having a um conversation with people about that you should have a um conversation with with a, which again there's only, that's really only like a handful of of individuals. So like in my life it would be my boss, it would be be you it would be aaron when it comes to parenting everly you know that's kind of it um probably my mom and my sisters but there's not a lot that they expect from me but i'd like to keep informed with 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 what is going on i go through all this to say most people have been there as well and they're and they have a level of empathy where they're going to be able to work with you and that's totally fine two is the ability to compartmentalize is a little underrated I, I I think, and, and to be able to say, "Hey, I'm going through some stuff, but right now I need to shut all of that off because I need to do this thing, which is my job, which is take care of my kid, which could be whatever." So if I'm having a bad day at work, whenever I'm watching Everly, when I pick her up from daycare, I have a thing where I will either say out loud or to myself, "All that is done now." I'm turning yeah. like I will actually out loud say, "And now I'm done. I'm I'm focusing on her." So I have to compartmentalize, and that's not a bad thing. Right. At all. In fact, I think it's I think it's healthy to say like here is work, here is home, mm-hmm. here is yeah. fatherhood, here is because we wear so many hats and we have to assume so many roles that grief in those roles looks different. Yeah, right. So 
so me grieving while at work might look like I'm able to focus on tasks and other people and I get out of my own head, which is healthy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. And then every so often throughout the day, things will pop up to remind me that then I can maybe excuse myself. You know, I was lucky that I had an office with a door that shut. And if I turned off my big overhead lights and just had like desk lamp on, most people would just think that my lights are off and they wouldn't bother me. So I could like sit down at a table next to the wall instead of at my desk and take a moment, whatever that moment meant. Maybe I had to say mm-hmm. a rosary. Maybe I had to cry. Yeah. You know, and then those things are so brutal and you don't expect them. And, you know, the, the big things are like having a little bit of grace for yourself mm-hmm. and realizing that especially with grief, grief will grief is great at the sucker punch mm-hmm. right of all the different things the emotional stresses that we can undergo grief is 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 superior at sucker punching you like you'll hear a song and you're like that's the song that reminds me of or there'll be a scene in a movie right john wick 90 percent headshots 10 percent. this guy loves his wife and they couldn't have kids they had a puppy right like th- that little puppy scene all of a sudden became for me a catalyst of like mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, like we'll never be able to have kids and you know, and yeah. it just plunged me into this this arena of hurt. So yeah, and then and and when you're with your friends, again, going out and socializing, if you're an introvert versus an extrovert, that's gonna look different. My wife, who's a a pretty big introvert now, more so than she had to do with me, she <laughs> she gets her fill of people very quickly. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, No, it's too much socializing. And I'm like, Ah, it's not enough. But then when she was grieving a lot of that was like, that's what rescued her, even though it exhausted her, mm. right? It was mm-hmm. like she was able to talk about it with friends and then not talk about it with friends and talk about them, right? So there's this balance of being lost in your own head and then getting out of your own head that I think what Luke was saying, the compartmentalization is is pretty powerful. Well, and I'll just add here, we have about a minute and a half left. Sometimes grief in, in particular- 26 seconds. But even other things you are going through, they it's, it's good to maybe- st- because like grief can take a lot of different forms, anger or her sadness. Yeah. Sometimes even yeah. Um, f- feeling profound, a profound sense of gratefulness. If a person passes away or something, you're able to see a little bit of like how they impacted your, your like, you know, own life and, and stuff. So taking the time to stop and go, I'm feeling almost like get outside of your head for a bit and say, I'm feeling this, I'm experiencing that and, and, and either put it in like a journal or like say it out, out loud. It gives you a chance to kind of like analyze what's going on in your own, in your own heart from a somewhat objective point of view, which I think also helps being able to just understand what, what, what you are experiencing, process that in a healthy way and compartmentalize when you need to. I think that's yeah. fine. Cool. So look at yeah, that. Look great. at us sticking. That's a good question. Yeah, that's, that's a good. We question. are so good, man. It's like we've been doing this for like a while. Yeah. No, that is a that is a fantastic question. I'm just going like straight down the list for the most part. Yeah. I've often heard people say that the pendulum of society has swung as far out as possible, and now is going to swing back in. Interest. 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 Interesting, interesting. You live in what kind of home? Okay, okay, don't hurt yourself. Welcome aboard, explorer. It's so I, I'm getting self conscious <laughs> while while I'm reading that. I've also heard that Catholicism is in vogue on TikTok. It seems more like a Catholic aesthetic is really what it is. Is is that a sign of the pendulum swinging back in or a red herring? That's interesting. That's super interesting because. There are all these indicators of like, hey, there. Let, let me just say this: there is growth even when there's a greater decline, right? By what's the last stats that Sherry Waddell just shared? By 2060, there will be no British Anglicans and British Catholics. Woo! Just if if things stay as they are, there will be no British Anglicans or British Catholics. And. So when you hear that statistic, you say like, holy crap. But then you can find pockets of where the church is actually growing in in those areas. But it's not growing enough to negate the downward decline. So you'll find pockets, I'm sure, on TikTok. And I think the algorithms might be blessing your your perspective there to see the Catholicism. But yeah, like if it, you know, there's a reason why Hollywood always uses Catholicism. It's because it films well. 
right? Like, it's, it's so sacramental that it films well. So I don't know. Just because things might align in one way or the other, I don't know about pendulum swinging. And it's hard to say where the pendulum even is. Like, there's this bizarre move. I mean, you have, like, with, with Trump and Bernie Sanders, you had two figures on the left and on the right that were incendiary to their own parties, right? And then, although, you know, Sanders was mostly independent until he ran for president. But so you had these these elements that were like, well, what does that mean? What pendulum are we talking about? So, yeah, it's really hard to kind of it's hard to read the signs of the times right now. Yeah. And I think it's um our beautiful culture of techne implies that everything is like is scientific and everything like will work out a certain way mm-hmm. with specific inputs and that can it can be very tempting to think because i I've, i have like I'm a, i have um you know thought this as well that like like mechanistic yeah inputs, like of course you know go back because like everything has an equal and opposite like i'm a reaction kind of thing and, and 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 that does happen like like that that does yeah. happen but i don't ever underestimate like the power of god and what can change yeah. and i think when you take a look at things like catholic ascetic I, I do think that's actually kind of interesting like you know remember how the met gala had like a catholic mm-hmm. thing out of the blue and it was kind of interesting and it wasn't yeah. quite i mean there were things i from what i recall i don't remember for sure so please don't at me <laughs> or make a commentary on this matt but uh <laughs> actually matt do do a commentary on like a catching boxes but i want to see matt do a reacting video to one of our segments <laughs> <laughs> what what is luke trying to say here i i don't get it i think he uh um uh, i would be so funny it just it's, i would just love to see his face or someone's face while they're like trying to figure out what what <laughs> people are attracted to the like to the beautiful and so there's a mm-hmm. thing about about catholicism that i think is always going to be enticing because of that fact particularly when the culture starts to lack beauty but the thing about the beautiful part that people kind of over i mean i i certainly overlook and i didn't even hear about this until i do you remember the podcast you shared with me a couple of years ago from the Darwin Institute about they're going into basically if you people who prefer the true, the good, and the beautiful and the psychological predispositions yeah. toward that, people have like, and so yeah. they were saying how if you're attracted to the beautiful and actually used um, Ratzinger and Hans Urban Balthasar, and I think Pope Francis as an example of that, you can easily, it's like really easily to be drawn in to the faith but at the same time once that is gone it's very easily to start to be like everything is falling apart everything's horrible and i was like oh no that is me yeah and so like with things like the beautiful there are people who are attracted to that aesthetic it's very easy to then go in another direction because the beauty fades it becomes old it becomes known and it might lose part of its part of its mystique it's in you know or different things like like that so it can be particularly if you're not tied into the truth of of that beautiful thing so i wouldn't take any of that as a sign of people going towards towards catholicism as much as it is a sign that yes beauty is attractive but just as much as it is a attractive it's very easy to then lose that uh, that uh traction so i would like really hold it all very loosely and I would like, listen, we may just be called to a time where like, you know, Christianity is not the predominant culture, not called, but like this, you know, like, like God is allowing this to, to happen. Yeah. And we need to just, to a certain extent, take, take comfort in that, which is not easy at all because Christianity is not about safety. It's about a way of life. And it's, mm-hmm. e- and it's easy to say that, but it's extremely hard to to ex- experience that particularly when the culture used to be christian or uphold christian ideals so when you have things that then contradict that you feel like the foundation of your whole life is just like pulled out from you and you want to cling to anything just because of the, because of that safety and the only thing we need to cling to is the cross which always includes the resurrection as well yeah yeah the paschal mystery yeah, I think there's a, there's an element of also of of cultural exhaustion of the thing of the day. Like you could call it fadism, you could call it the natural law written on the human heart. But I think there's these elements mm-hmm. of things have gone too far. We need to pull back, and that's in competition with the 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 modernist or enlightenment notion of progress, which is day by day in every way things just get better and better. 
And it's like, well, maybe they do, and maybe they get worse, and maybe they ought to get worse, or maybe they, maybe we ought to, not they ought to get worse. Maybe they've gotten worse, and we ought to pull back. Mm-hmm. You know, Chesterton had this great line where he said, "If you find yourself going off a cliff, the most progressive thing you could do is turn around." And I think there are some elements within our culture where it kind of looks like people are doing that. Like, well, I mean, we just spent sixty years fighting for women's rights and women's safety and women's spaces. And now we're we're undoing some of that with some of the transgender movement. And it's like, oh, you just legalized gay marriage based on the immutability of both gender and orientation. And now this movement kind of standing on its shoulders is saying that gender is assigned and fluid and so is orientation. So you have these things where people are like, wait, what? No, I, I'll I'll stay here, but I can't go over there. I'll go over there, but I can't go way over there. And I do think you'll see people. I mean, you see people who consider themselves pretty hardcore on the left that think certain things are are nuts that are also super popular in the culture that might indicate these things of like uh perhaps perhaps we should rethink some of these things my thing uh, i mentioned her louisa perry oh gosh i'm probably but probably louise she's associated with unheard a lot of these people who are against like she's a feminist against the sexual revolution and she's basically saying how the sexual revolution was not a net win for society especially for women and she has some things that I disagree with, but like she is so such a powerful speaker and she's so eye-opening with her with her delivery that seeing a lot of women like her and Mary Harrington and obviously Dr. Abigail Favale and people like that, they're so they were they were, you know, believers in an ideology that then they realize that ideology is bankrupt against, you know, God and nature and stuff. i I find it interesting how they're pulling back and when they pull back because they're so articulate and so powerful they're pulling a lot of people with them so that might be another you know indication of yeah well maybe this this thing that we thought was awesome actually isn't awesome and it's actually Mm -hmm. robbing us of what of what is making us human or or women or men or beautiful or marriage or whatever so yeah i think there's instances yeah and i I would also nine minutes luke also just add as we as we end here don't ever forget that like when it comes to like things like the, the natural law or the heart or just like like I think nature always revolts, and so there are certain things where the pendulum could could swing that people are just gonna like it's just it's just not ever going to work and don't but don't confuse that for it going the other way either. That's that's that our timer. That's a Doctor Who um theme. Oh, that's funny. Oh, and you had a line that reminded me of something Sherry Waddell said, which was, "Every generation can forget God, mm-hmm. and every generation can encounter God anew." So yeah, mm-hmm. you can always hold those in yeah. in 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 relief intention. Okay, is P- PSR slash CCD even effective anymore? Should we be looking for something different? I'm gonna turn it over to Gomer. Is probably gonna talk about potlucks and community for the twentieth time. Gomer, so potlucks <laughs> and community are the best way to have PSR slash RE slash. Okay, so I was talking with this guy. He's going to remain nameless for now. I, I think maybe one day me and him can have a, a, a fuller fuller conversation about this. But we literally just spent an hour two days ago on this topic. And then I reached out to someone who's in a similar situation. So wh- what do we want to talk about? Is this stuff effective? Absolutely. That's why it still exists. Is it perfectly effective? Absolutely not. You cannot have a mechanism when you talk about the salvation and education of souls. You cannot. Like You cannot have mechanistic thinking. So how is it effective? And I've said this a thousand times, potlucks. No, um, I've said this a thousand times before that all that stuff, Paris School of Religion, that's what PSR is, the CCD, Confraternity Christian Doctrine, CCE, Continuing Education, Christian Education, you know, whatever you, your brand calls it, faith formation, if it's not done at the home, then what you're doing is you are antithetical to the life of the parents and you have them for an hour, an hour and a half, uh, once a week. Maybe you have them for an hour, some parish schools of religion, like Hebrew school, they meet after school every day, whatever. And some places in Wisconsin, because it's such a Catholic community, the priest just comes over to the public school and teaches for an hour. So you have these competing systems. And this, this is what I would say. The family is the primary place of education formation. It's a school of theology. It's a school of charity. It's a school of prayer. If you don't have these things already in place, it makes your job a thousand times harder, but not impossible. There are very few people that have converts to Catholicism within youth group, within RE, within CCD that maintain their conversion after high school, after whatever, that don't come from religious families. 
I've witnessed it. I've seen plenty of high school students that come on their own to youth group or whatever it might be. And then they have a life-changing encounter. They have a solid friend group. Maybe they come to a potluck at my house. And then, just kidding, they have their minors. And then they, you know, they're, they, they stick with it and it changes their life. I have several teens, you know. But those are the exception, not the rule. And some places, they're, they're more like this one fellow was telling me that in his youth group, there's the keep the RCI person keeps telling them, why am I getting all these teens? And it's like, cause I evangelize, right? So that's one thing. But the other thing is this, if you do, they work. Yes. You need a good teacher. You need like all of those things. There's no, like if I have the perfect curriculum, magically things will just be perfect. Right. Cause this is what you're hearing. Catholic schools don't work. Parish education stuff doesn't work. All these things don't work. You know why it doesn't work? Because the family isn't working. It's not living its vocation. And if you think you can fix it once a week when you live in contradiction to their parents, that is very rare. I mean, yeah, the Lord sometimes calls us, right? He sets, he said, I, I have come to bring a sort of division to set two, a family of five, two against three. Like, I get it. And sometimes that happens, but most of the time it doesn't. And so what parents are doing is they want us to be their substitute, but all we can be in PSR and CCD and RE is their supplement. And supplements make terrible substitutes. You're Ooh. deficient in vitamin D, take some take some supplements, but don't replace a meal with just pills. Yeah. That, right. That's a so that's a brilliant analogy. Ooh, look at Yep. I'm applauding that. I, shit, I've right been now. teaching this uh, whenever I took over children's faith formation. I'm gonna seal that every that year line. at my parent meeting. Every year at my parent meeting, I have a whole section called supplements, not substitutes, and I go through the whole that's a, thing. Yeah. And I, I think there's also a real temptation to there needs to be a little bit of a paradigm shift with how we view this stuff, and this is not a critique against like anything that you said. I thought we said was fantastic. I had to get some type of like F bomb in there. <laughs> it's PG thirteen. You're allowed exactly. one. Woo. <laughs> There's a, when when you say trying to find a thing that works, I know what you mean. But there is a te- tem- temptation, particularly with people of a certain age group in the church who've been around for a bit, who have worked in diocesan ministry or, and whatnot, or and at parishes. Will not name who because Auntie's been critiquing me for how much I've been ragging on the boomers. So I'm sorry, D and Wade. You're right. I'm wrong. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're attractive. I'm not good looking. <laughs> I love the part of uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> Damn alligator bit my hand off. Damn alligator bit my hand off. <laughs> Goo. <laughs> It's not again like trying to approach it like it's math. What if we pull this lever? What if we? Uh, what if we change this? What if we made a this our quarterly goal doesn't really work with the human heart. The Holy Spirit, yeah. the heart are wild. What you can do is put that stuff at the service of trying to make these opportunities be as um, fruitful as yeah possible. One of Pope Benedict on his papal of seal, he had a bear which. And I know I've talked about, about this bef- before, but listen, 400 episodes in, like, <laughs> and this comes from a story of some, like, of, it's some, like, apocryphal story of some saint where, like, he was able to tame, he was able to tame this bear, and through, like, he was like, in the name of Christ, be, you know, whatever, and, and then he, like, rode the bear, and and so, to where he was trying to go, and so, uh, public, and people, like, really, who work in ministry, like the Pope did, viewed that bear as, like, that's the role of the minister to like carry you to this thing, not to make this thing happen, but to make the yeah. road as easy as possible for you to walk on, for you to encounter Christ. I think putting the work you do, like all the stuff that I am learning in my graduate program, if I were to do this in, um, in ministry, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, yeah, anyways, I shouldn't go down, down that road yet. I think that's a fascinating approach because it's yeah. not about at, at, it's not about at the service uh, like the you're you're putting the like work you are doing not at not like at the service of if we do this people will then be evangelized it's if if we do this we are creating the best way the best space possible yeah. for evangelization to occur because it is the holy spirit that does that not you yeah and so yeah and it's like there's a but, difference between those two those two yeah. approaches Absolutely. And I will also say this. Let me pour one out for my homies. If you have bad textbooks that you're using and you have things that don't communicate the faith and it's rigor and vigor, Mm -hmm. you're also not giving them the gospel. So you're not even giving them an opportunity to hear what Christ has done for their lives, right? How can someone believe unless someone tells them? That is St. Paul. How can someone believe unless someone tells them? So Christ has given us a share 
in his heraldic ministry. We are the heralds, right? We are the witnesses. There's no plan B. It's humans with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or nothing at all. And so, number one, that's why that's why Francis can beat into every catechist heads the spirituality of the catechist. It's like you want to give something you don't have, you're going to go to hell. And uh, there's a giant millstone with your name around uh, your name. That's what terrifies me more than anything else. Right, right. St. Paul says that teachers will be held to a stricter account. And so you think about this stuff. Uh, you think you they asked, they stopped asking me to do that. I, it was this teaching teaching thing for catechists. It was new catechists, and I would have them read that. And they were like, "We don't. You're scaring our catechists away." And I was like, "Well, then they probably know they're going to go to hell." Um, no. So <laughs> the but like the thing is like you have to make that road to truth as strong as possible. And it's going to be your witness, your life, your relationship with Christ. You're interceding for your kids in the name of the Holy Spirit. You're getting involved in their lives in an appropriate way, um, doing those things. Fasting and praying for your kids. It was on Tim Gordon's show. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, fasting and praying, fasting and praying for your kids. Like that is so powerful. We have a whole arsenal of things to bring the Holy Spirit into their lives. But also the quality of catechetical materials. And if you're teaching crap, don't be surprised that your kids don't know the faith. And I would say the major retailers, and they're, to me, I mean, like, I'm sure there are more exceptions, so I'm, I'm not going to name them, but, like, there are a handful of things that Fox's I'm even in. Names. I even, <laughs> no, well, oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't, <laughs> gosh, I almost said, I was like, how are they still an employee? But they're, like, yeah. the biggest, the, the, the two or three top sellers. I'm like, this, there's no, con- there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing there. Like, uh, Frank Sheet has a great line. Like, if all we do is think of Jesus as gentle and meek, and we don't realize who he is on top of being gentle and meek, then in times of crisis, sometimes gentle and meekness is the last thing you want. Mm-hmm. And when people are going through a crisis and they need something strong and powerful, they're going to be like, well, not Jesus, right? So the, my thing is this. If we don't give people the whole picture of who Christ is and what his church is, then they're not going to have that thing in which potentially they can cling on to. I, so I it's all part of like what you're saying. Give them it's the bear, right? It's the leading the horse to water. You can't make them drink. It's the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and them cooperating with it. But man, there's a lot there's you can so do to many. get to that point. Yeah. And I just want to add. And, there's, and St. Augustine has all this stuff too. He's like, make sure your room is comfortable so the kids can actually listen and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. And I would just add that it really is a both and. Like there was a yeah. period of time, maybe about 20 to 15 to 20 um, years ago. Gosh, now probably 20 years. Oh, shit. <laughs> When people thought that this is that part of the show where Luke gets sad when he realizes how old he is. Dun, oh my dun, gosh, dun. man, dude, it's I did it's like therapy work yesterday on like inner childhood stuff, you know, whatever. Don't worry, mom, I'm fine. It is not your fault. She always feels so bad about this part. Whatever time I'm bringing anything up, and then I feel bad. But like, and it was like really appealing, and it honestly, I think it's like just and this has only been 24 hours, so but you know, I'm a podcaster, so I'm going to own it, and I'm and I'm going to claim it to, to the masses. <laughs> Like, I yeah. feel a sense of, like, grid like maturity, which I'm like, damn, I'm a little, orthodoxy <laughs> is not going to, to save us. Like, even Pope um, Benedict spoke about this when he was talking to American colleges back in t- 2008 or so. He was like, orthodoxy is not enough. You need community. You need witness. You need potlucks. And, and yeah, no. And, and like, so it, it really is like a both and. Yeah. It really is. Because there isn't anything that's ever going to trump witness. Like I, I keep going back to that Pope. I wish I just don't understand why more parishes don't say we're going to base our entire plan to even or entire approach is going to be based in evangelization in the modern world. It makes no sense to me why we're like paying people like pay me to walk you through it. That's what you should just be any consultant that's want to help you with like, like with like your ministry. You should be using that because it's a gift for our times for us right right now. And he talks over and over again about the power of witness. That is the first, that is the first thing. And when you have that and you're coming from like a place of faith, you're going to clear so many roads. It's 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 I get fired up about that. Yeah. If, if you want to teach the faith, if you want to volunteer, read Evangelia Nuziandi by Pope St. Paul the Sixth mm-hmm. and read Catechesi Tridende mm-hmm. by Pope St. John Paul the Second. If you read those two and like really read yeah, it, yeah, take absolutely. notes like, on go, it. Like go, I mean, I've been, you'll be a baller. And if you follow it, <laughs> not just read it, you'll be a baller. I mean, it's, again, it's not, a, it's not about yeah. like following like perfectly, but it's being, and honestly though, this really does go back to it. And I know we are like over, but just if you can just <laughs> indulge us for a bit, it is our show. That is the church. So, like, diving into the life of the church, the church has the answers that the church is seeking. And it's, like, yeah. so often we're trying to find these outside stuff. And I'm like, 
dude, read the yeah. read read the stuff. It's right there. Like, perhaps let's stop yeah. crapping on Pope Saint like Pope Saint Paul the Sixth. Back off of like you know all the stuff and like look at what he actually said. Look at what um John Paul II said. Look at what Pope Francis is saying. Even the stuff that is hard. There are things there, and it, it's not about perfection. It's a, like about I'm a, it's a it's a, like about like faithfulness. So let's be faithful to the church and let's read, let's engage. I'm sounding like I'm Father Dave with what she's saying and what she has said because those are the answers we're saying that we're trying to find. And I'm like, they're right there. They're right there. <laughs> Go to the documents. Go to <laughs> the documents. Like, it's like it was you all along, Harry. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, Luke, we are pretending to be obedient to the church while we follow the educational trends. Well, this is why I think. Also, just to let you know, I just purchased for those who seek spiritual passages, the psychology of spiritual development by Benedict Groeschel, nineteen eighty four. That's the one where, he, and I put it in yeah. our chat. Like that's the one where he. I, I know we've crapped on consultants all like a bunch, but I'm starting to come around to the idea of maybe going into consulting a bit consulting so now you're like oh maybe there's something here that i shouldn't <laughs> well, have shit on immediately no no, no. I, I mean i will gladly do it for most of the church consultants that will have been terrible oh yeah fair enough but like i honestly it was kevin kevin fitzpatrick who i had on the show like a while ago just be able to do work with him with his if you are involved if you're involved in fundraising if you're involved with like major gifts and you're not in his programs like sign up for it right now i think there's a code you can use still for us I'll ask him. Like, it's so good. If you're in fundraising, I don't understand why you're not like working with him. If particularly if you are in in the church, anywho, it just I find it so frustrating that like we have so many of the answers. Like, how many times have you been to a thing where it's like we're gonna find new ways for the new evangelization? Yeah. Please don't. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> right there, we don't need to yeah. talk about anything new. There's no brand. Yeah. There's no program. This is not a thing to be fixed. It's a life to be lived. And we're not living. But what if it was also a thing we could make money on by branding? I know, right? I'm just like, man. Uh, anyways, we'll never make that. It'll money. be about five thousand dollars. I'm gonna yeah, do it everyone. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, I agree, man. And that's what someone asked me. I'm gonna do a catechist training here in a in a week. And they said, okay, so what like books should we get? What? And I was like, JP two when he was pope, the general directory for catechesis. There's General Catechetical Directory, General Directory for Catechesis, and then Directory for Catechesis under Pope Francis. Mm -hmm. The best one is the middle one. And I'm like, literally, they just sum up Evangelii Nuziandi and Catechesi Tridende and probably, um, uh, not Mission of the Redeemer. Yeah, maybe Mission of the Redeemer. Redemptoris Missio. And they just lay it all out in order. It's so easy to read. It's free online. Yeah. Like, it's such an excellent way, like, even you know they they do a lot of like numbered paragraphs right so you just copy and paste and just be like oh okay this is a great refresher mm -hmm. keep this on my mind and heart next uh, up really quick you know who's also doing a really good job in this space is paul fuentes i was pronounced paul's name wrong. plus c fuentes yeah, he just i just i mean I, I love paul to to death but like even just besides that point he has such a good eye for like the heart of the church and how the church yeah, how what that should actually um, look like and what it looks like when it is truly um lived out in the fullness of her teaching so there are people who are doing really good yeah. really good stuff i mean and you know what's going to end up happening in his diocese the eucharistic revival the national one mm -hmm. that's happening in indianapolis yeah. diocese where he's at here it is it's time for you to book that Catching Foxes live show you've always wanted to. We are back in full force doing our live shows. We have dates available for the rest of 2023 and going into May of 2024. Uh, Catching Foxes live shows are something a little bit different. They're really fun. They're very energetic. They're a great way just to kind of maybe get some important conversations going to build up some excitement around a program or a type of, or some type of ministry that you have going on. They are an absolute blast. We've had the privilege and the blessing to do them across the country and we're back and these we really really are now committed to and not that we were before but in a particular way committed to making these affordable to you so we can work with any budget really anything that you want to do we can do this you want to do something small you want to do something big you want us to come and do a thing on a particular topic a particular set of topics we can do it 
for you. If you want to bring Gomer out for a parish on a parish mission, we can do an event the night before. We could do a parish talk that night. We could we could do something afterwards. There are tons of opportunities here. So if you want to inquire, you're not committing to anything. But if you, if you just want to know, hey Luke, how can I book a show? How does this work? How can I do it and not have to pay you guys a dime? Here's how. So I want you to go to catchingfoxes.fm. Again, it's catchingfoxes.fm. One more time for the old people in the back. Catchingfoxes.fm. On the right of the of the homepage, it hasn't been updated in a while. There's a the part that has been. You're going to see a button on the top right that says book a live show. Hit that link. That's going to take you to a quick form that, that, that you can complete to give us a bit of an idea for your show. And in 24 to 48 hours-ish, uh, we will get back to you just to have the um, conversation about what you're looking to do and how we can serve you. That's ultimately what we're, we're trying to serve you and the ministry that you are doing. So if you want to book a fun Catching Foxes live show to help you out in your ministry, let us know. Again, we'll do anything. We'll just hang out and like watch a movie if that's really what you want to do. But we want to be at the service of the people who are doing the real important work. So go to catchingfoxes.fm. One more time, that is catchingfoxes.fm. Click on the book a live show link. It's right at the top right and complete a very quick form should take you less than a minute. I would imagine if that and we'll book a conversation with you about how we can get a live show going for you and the people that you serve. Thank you to us for being us. All right. Bye. All right. Next. Next one here. Any tips for a first time home buyer asking for a friend? Smiley face. Start a podcast, use the funds for that podcast to pay for the down payment. <laughs> I would say this, you should definitely like right now, even with interest rates being high, don't be afraid to buy because it's going to be so easy to refinance. So like you can um, refinance with ease once interest rates drop. I would say though, do not be house poor. That is my yeah. biggest, biggest thing is do not be house poor. Like it is totally okay. We need to be okay with like having a bigger house is not a sign that your life is better or your life is good. Right. It's just a sign that you owe a shit crap ton of money. <laughs> See what I did there? You're growing as a person. I know. So like really think about what do you want? Why do you want a house? It's very good to have a house. I think everyone. Sh- I think that we should make it as easy as we can for people to, to buy homes. But I don't like don't screw yourself over just to have a house. But also don't be afraid to do it just because the interest rates are kind of high. You can always refinance. Okay, number one, I would say if you're in an apartment right now, you need to stockpile as much as you can for that down payment. Mm-hmm. Because and and you need to pick that number. You know, a lot of people say twenty percent, twenty five percent. That's it. That's if right. like you already have. A, like I think doing the like FSA one where it's FSA. Well, so they have deals for first yeah, time like, home buyers. I think that's so fine. look into all that's look into all that totally, stuff. Yeah, I think that's you can good. get price breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, having a large chunk of that money down can give you better access to uh, interest rates and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But also. It puts you, it gives you a, a goal that you're fighting for that kind of constrains the, I don't know if you know this, but like the home buying market is with things like Zillow and even things like HGTV and all the, like you start consuming all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you get into an emotional frenzy with buying. Like when me and my wife made the decision to move from one house to the other a year and a half ago, like, I mean, every day we were looking at dozens of houses, all different markets. And you know what we kept doing, Luke? We kept saying, well, maybe we can go at the top end of our price mm-hmm. range. Yeah. yeah. And you keep doing that to yourself mm-hmm. over and over and over again because you look at all this stuff. So, number one, there's no such thing as a perfect mm-hmm. house. Yep. There's a house that fits, but maybe is not perfect. Okay. So, that's number one. Number two, understand that. Everything in life is a trade-off, right? And if you if you were to ask me what would be the best thing, neighborhoods where you feel safe, <laughs> that's, a, that's a key thing for me now, neighborhoods where you feel safe. Also, if you're like parents and you have little ones and you're Catholic and you're, you plan on cranking out a bunch of them, 
whoever works needs to be very it, it is better for them to be closer to home than farther mm-hmm. away agreed keep it within 20 so minutes. yeah and um, yeah absolutely and so because that way jetting to work and coming back for you know crises doesn't like wreck you totally well and can i can i just add yeah. there's a one thing i, I want to add to that really quick if you don't oh uh, sorry keep on let going. me just say one yeah, more yeah, thing yeah, there's okay, nothing go. wrong with renting you're not throwing no money i agree uh, yeah I, yeah i agree don't I agree don't buy that lie that that is a lie of homeowners uh homeowners associations mm-hmm. I, and, I totally agree. you know yeah, and also to realize that it is harder to find starter homes today mm-hmm. because millennials are the largest group since boomers to enter the housing market, and we're all entering it in our 30s and late 20s and 30s and, and 40s that people are and, – and, and a bunch of millennials, you don't forget, moved to the city in their 20s, and now that they're getting married and having kids, they're looking for those starter homes in the suburbs and stuff like that. So pay attention to that stuff. Also pay attention to your church. Where is your church? Where do you want to go? Is your community going to be primarily around mm-hmm. your church to move closer to church? If it's going to be primarily, you know, like you, you don't know, then, you know, whatever. But um, these things are big. Like when I was still at St. Anthony's, we moved to be closer to work slash church, and that matters. So really think about like what's – I, I want to go like – I mean, we, we, we yeah. have them, but I, I want to keep going very practical here. Think about I, – I totally agree with you. Like really try to uh, or try to think about what is important to you. I think you're right being close to work, being close to your church, your your community. So that could change. Get rid of the idea. Honestly, I, I really do believe this of your starter home because mm. it's about what's, what is really important here, what's really, really important. And so that could mean that you buy a condo as opposed to a home. And that's to, there are some there are actually some pretty sweet condos. Like of yeah, with you can get more like actually more size. Now there are some trade offs with, with, with like a yard, and there are like but that. So, but if you want to be like you, if you can't afford a house in this area, see if you can afford a condo. See if if you can afford if if you can pay for a town a town home or like there are a lot more options. Than I think some people because we we tend to think I want the house, I like I'm the yard, I I really I want the space. All that stuff is is great, but. You're going to be miserable if you're then isolated or if you're, you know, having to buy a house because you want that like one hour plus from like your parish or where like or where your friends are like what's re- like so for like for me, I want to be very close to wherever Everly is. So I want to be within 10 to 15 minutes. I want to be I want to be able to walk around wherever I am. And I'd rather be close to an urban area. I don't want to be in an urban area, but I want to be close. So I'm probably going to end up like buying a condo, I think. And this is when it, it was like, actually, it was, it was actually, it was actually, I'm Wade that was like, he, he pitched that idea to me maybe like five or six years ago. He was like, dude, have you looked at um, like um, the condos and what you can actually get for ones? Like, that's probably going to be a lot easier for you and like what you want. And I was like, oh, condo. No, it, it somehow felt like you was like, I was like admitting um defeat, but actually, makes a lot more sense and I could probably get mm. I could get more of what I want from that. Yeah. And so also I would just add um <clears throat> um if you are a first time home um home home buyer, I don't think you need to do the twenty percent. I think you can do one of the I forget what they're called. I think they are FS FSA loans, but um they're around three to five percent. They're just they're meant to help you get into home like home ownership. It's a little bit harder when you comes to took a seller just because of like certain things in terms of you may not on um, win like you may have to look if at the bidding war you may yeah. have to look at more houses than you would if you were putting down 20% but i really do think you should have around so you can have like a smaller amount for like for that anywhere from like 5 to 10,000 dollars and then you probably want about another 5 to 10 maybe like 8 8 or so that you can um, already have in the bank that can that can be used for house repairs, like water thing breaks, this thing yeah, breaks. That's the thing about renting. You de- exactly home ownership so, is so damn expensive. I view, so don't put that pressure. Yeah, on Yeah, I really like right now. I view two things that I'm you know wanting to be. I'm saving up for one is a down payment on a house, but the other thing is to like have the money to like pay for the things that break. Which is like again like one reason why I might go with a condo because there are things I don't have to worry about. It'll yeah. keep my and expenses it, down. Right and. Here's the deal that you don't think about. We bought a house, a used house, right? We didn't have it built. And you think, oh, well, I'm going to tell them that they need to do this. This is what the inspector says. And they said, no, we're not going to do any of that. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because it was a seller's market. Mm -hmm. 
right? There were eight houses for sale and where there's usually 1,600. Like, that's crazy. And you've got to keep that in mind. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just like, going so to continue. Market, yeah. Your market's going to differ, all this stuff. Interest rates do matter. And, mm-hmm. um, but I will also say this. I will also say this. So when we moved into our house, we then had to put all new windows. We got it to get double, uh, double pane glass because it only had single pane in order to cut down our energy. Bill, mm-hmm. Right. But we don't have the money to fix our two air conditioning units that are original to the house and they're 25 years old. So that's going to be another sixteen to twenty thousand dollars. So, like this stuff is real homeownership stuff. Yeah, they are selling you a lie when they say, "Oh, you definitely need to own your own home." You don't. It's a great way to build wealth, mm-hmm. especially in America. It's a great way, blah blah blah. But don't become house poor. Don't yeah, let agree. the payments. Don't let the payments, including insurance, including PMI, because that twenty percent you'll get private mortgage insurance, which is funny. The bank makes you pay their insurance on your money you owe that until it's about 20 percent paid off right so yeah. that's another costing so anywho and let's move i want to i want to add one more quick part which is when you are going to to take a look at homes which is fun it's so much fun going to do that don't look at any more than three homes a day it starts they all start to <laughs> yeah. blend blend yeah. T- together so and also keep in mind that every like every like realtor that you are working with they're ultimately i'm working for the seller because that's where the money comes comes from i'm not saying that they're bad but just keep like just kind of keep that in in the back of in like the back of your mind a bit so Mm -hmm. i love crap like this i can talk about this at length okay i have to go in about 10 minutes so let's yep let's do one more let's do at least one more Big thank you to longtime listener Kyle and the good people at the Saintly app for sponsoring this episode. So as Catholics, we all struggle with our phone, using them too much or even in the worst case, allowing them to become a portal to sin. If you have listened to our podcast for even five minutes, you know how we feel about that and how we agree. Today, I want to tell you about Saintly, the app that helps you use your phone to deepen your, your faith, not send you to hell. With Saintly, you can surround yourself with the beauty of traditional Catholic art right now on your phone. Choose from a huge library of stunning masterpieces carefully handcrafted to work as your iPhone's wallpaper or lock screen. <laughs> Take that, Android people. I'm so excited about this because I have done this before, and I love having a like a really cool religious image on my phone, but typically they're of a somewhat lower quality for the images that I, that I want. You can get, you know crap ones of, of, of high quality anywhere. So I'm super excited to use this app. I was thrilled when he told me about it. But that's not all. I wasn't just thrilled. Stay connected to your faith with custom widgets that keep you informed about the saint of the day and important feast day. Each day you are presented with beautiful art focused on that day saint and you can read more about the saint and the artist who created the art. So the fact that they have a widget about like saint's day the fact that they have stuff about um, the feast days, which I'll be honest, your boy Luke has forgotten once or twice, not to go, but that there even was a feast day, and that they have some stuff about the art, and particularly about the artist. I just think that is great. Catching Fox's listeners, that's you, and you, and even you, can get three months free of the premium subscription by using a special promo code in the app. Just go to the website, besaintly.org slash foxes to learn more that's b-e-s-a-i-n-t-l-y dot org slash f-o-x-e-s otherwise known as foxes to learn more download saintly now and transform your iphone into a window to the divine take that tim cook let the profound beauty of hundreds of years of beautiful catholic art i'm just kidding i love you tim cook let the profound beauty of hundreds of years of beautiful catholic art elevate your phone and deepen your connection with your faith one more time Go to besaintly.org slash foxes to learn more and get your three months free of Saintly Premium. Thank you to Kyle and the good people at Saintly for sponsoring this very long episode of Catching Foxes. Okay, well, let's do this one just because I like this one. Confession. How it's supposed to work versus how it actually works. Okay. What's the question? That's the question. Like, why is there a different? What's the difference? So here's, I think, I don't know, so I'm going to kind of expand on this a bit because I think this is very interesting. Hmm. Confession, like I'm a big believer in is in confessions, not your place to process stuff. Right. And I'm also starting to get to the point where I don't think confession should be the place for spiritual direction. 
some priests yeah, may right. not agree with me on that. I'd be, and I know I've, cause I've had a priest say, if you like, I don't have time to be your spiritual director, but I'll be your confessor or that'll be like a good place to start. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. But what I love about confession is there's this, it's like my favorite um, sacrament, I think probably out of, out of, out of all of them. And it is very profound, but also very practical. So I think it's best to go in there and just like, like have a list and just say, bam, 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 and then be done. And then hear what the priest has to say, say all the prayers and and stuff. It's always a little bit weird when the priest like doesn't do the absolution thing the way, like that gets a little bit weird and like wonky. So I'm always a little bit like, oh, please do it right. Like, yeah, you know, if they, if, if a priest does not say, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have every right and you have the responsibility because then it's not a sacrament to say, Father, will you please say the absolution prayer correctly? Yeah. I have a friend who's a priest who had to say that to another priest. <laughs> he was like, don't do this. I want you to say, he goes, your sins are forgiven. You're clearly a contrite of heart. And he's like, Father, do your job and say it. <laughs> correctly <laughs> he's like don't make me go to it this is not a valid confession finish it finish it <laughs> yeah yeah so, so that's absolutely important but oh, okay so so i just went to confession yesterday so these are my thoughts right i go to confession so he knows more what i was like so he knows more i'm just i'm just kidding oh. <laughs> i couldn't be quiet I, at first i thought you said so you know there's more like like there's more to gomer's like horribly immoral life no, or something it's like, no everyone knows yeah. everyone knows <laughs> Um, we, we, we put out there for display for all to see and no one for everyone. Yeah. I'm a podcaster wearing another podcaster shirt. <laughs> the only time I've ever had a package stolen from my front porch was when I originally bought this shirt from Cortex brand. Oh, so sad. Anywho, I, so in my little St. Gregory prayer book, which I recommend everyone to get, there's a great section on preparation for confession and it has prayers to help you that you, that you say before. You do your examination of conscience. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful prayer. Then it gives you Ten Commandments, the eight Beatitudes, virtues, the capital sins, meditations on them. You're like, awesome. And, and they're very brief, right? They're not super in-depth. And then it gives you prayers against, like, the seven deadly sins. It'll have these, like, cool little one-paragraph prayers. It has a litany of, of, confa- a litany of penance. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would say this. As Catholics, we were never really taught how to repent, only how to go to confession. In the catechism, there's a wonderful section called On Interior Penance. Interior Penance. Read it. Before the next time you go to confession, read it. Understand what it's saying about sin should break your heart to various degrees. Like, sin is evil. All sin is wrongdoing. And we need to own that. Even like, as Catholics, we have a tendency to rank sins with venial and mortal. Mm -hmm. But even venial sins are bad. Although they can be forgiven outside the confessional, they're still bad. So then when you go into confession, there is the right of confession. The priest should greet you. You should say, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been X amount of days since my last confession. If it is helpful, which it usually is, state your vocation. Mm-hmm. Or Agreed. it can be understood when you're in, the like I'm married and I have kids. That might be able to be detected depending on your sins. But then when you say your sins, let's say you have mortal sins, okay? Species and kind, you don't need a backstory. Uh, in fact, my pastor the other day said, listen, it's just me for confession. I can only give about 30 minutes, 20 minutes before each mass. So if there's a long line, people, please save the backstory for when we're hanging out. I just need the sins. <laughs> and and it's very true. It's very true. So um, if you need help with your mortal sins of confessing your mortal sins, I always say, if you have to share a story about your mortal sin, make it one sentence. Right. So I, I always tell people number and kind matter because committing adultery once might have been you were drunk, you and your wife were fighting, and you went on a business conference and someone was hitting on you and you gave in to temptation. That is a different sin, even though it's still adultery, versus I've been having an affair for four years mm-hmm. or eight years mm-hmm. with the same woman. I have a family, you know, like those are totally different things. The priest should offer you advice into how to overcome your sin, but that advice is just advice. It's not. It can't always be spiritual direction, and it freaking kills me. Now, there is a pastoral thing, like when they do confirmation retreats, and there's a huge line of kids who haven't been to confession since second grade, priests will take a longer time with each kid because they want them, one, to know the sacramental graces, how to do the sacrament. Two, they need to help them with the actual sins, because most kids don't think they sin. It's funny. 
Uh, I like lied a couple times. Like, I think that's it. He's like, really? Have you done this, this, and this? It's like, holy crap. And to give them good counsel, like that's important. It's not spiritual direction, but to give them good counsel. But at the end of the day, I'm like, come on, guys. We got 40 kids who now can't go to confession today who need to go to confession because you're taking 30 minutes per kid. Like, that's uh, that's uncalled yeah. for. 10 minutes per kid because they've been, okay, whatever. Now, obviously, I'm not a priest, so I don't know these things. But, yeah, the you overshare is actually a way of dodging your responsibility. Hmm. When we share too much of a backstory, most of the priests will tell you most of the time it's because they're trying to get, well, you know, that's that. Well, you don't really understand. It was about this. It was, it's like, just shut up. You gossiped. I understand your job was stressful, but you were gossiping. Say, I gossip. Right? Don't say, yeah, but you got to understand. It was more like venting kind of gossip, but it's like, oh, so you're going to someone who could help you with the problem? No. Oh, you were going to someone who is a trusted advisor that could advise you about the problem? No, I was just talking to the barista while they were making my double latte, whatever. You're like, yeah, that's gossip. So yeah. there's these elements. And I, I just want to give a big like shout out to all the priests. And I know that this is hard, so I'm not like, it is so great when there's a confession before every mass. So big shout out to all the priests that either like, I'm going to make a sacrifice to to do that I, I know a lot of priests want to and it's just not practical so i'm not yeah. going to be one of those people that just like every you know like every priest all the yeah time that's always. that's just not unrealistic but if if you can and you are or you're trying to do that like thank you that is uh, that is i am actually now not the i i i'm a bigger advocate for that than probably anything else like if you can this is great if if you can yeah if you can and yeah. so yeah, I th- going to a church that has confessions during, before, and during mass. I love it. It is. I love it. It is amazing to see people, and I've been that person too. Where I'm like, do I need to go? Should I go? Uh, and then you get up and go. But to see, like, to hear their stories of like, yeah, I was away from the, like, I haven't received communion in a year because of this, and and just watching that confession line and being like, today's the day. Like, and hear and get mm-hmm. moved by the homily. So that then they walk up because of the mass, like it's powerful. Yeah, my I think yeah. my ADHD brain also likes going to going to confession during mass just because it like it will change it up a bit. It, it I mean, on, I, on like <laughs> yeah, honestly though, it, it just it's just a change, and it's I'm looking for stimulus in a different direction. A, it, it, I will stand against this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, yes. Yeah, no. I, like, I, and I, it's, it. it's actually kind of cool because I mean, I feel like like I love the fact that you can do both. I'm not saying that we should yeah. do it all the time, but I, I just, I, I, that's, it's kind of, it like, it feels like I'm somehow like participating in the mass almost in like a deeper way. Cause it was just like, you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's, I'm a big, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate in going to mass, even if you can't receive, cause it's like, that's not, that's, yeah. there is value you know, there. Can I tell you that, that you saying that to me and calling calling me out on that has been a big part of my spiritual life right now. Aren't you so glad yeah. that we're friends? I well most of the time yeah, yeah most of the most time, of the time. I'm very yeah but you said you know just go to mass who cares if you can't and so I fasted from the Eucharist for two weeks which I've never done before and I think it's weird but I was like I have to remember that the holy sacrifice of the mass is what matters mm-hmm. not just whether or not I can receive and you know and I had violated the the fast that I try to I try to take seriously because it's so easy for me to oh, fudge yeah. rule I'm a yeah. rule fudger. Yep. So I was like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then I wasn't thinking. And I took a big drink of coffee and did some other stuff. And then as I was walking to the church, I'm like, no, this is what happens when you get to church too early. But I didn't go. And my daughter was like, and she started crying for me because she thought like I had committed some horrible sin. I was like, no, daddy's just just trying to keep the main thing the main thing. So it's 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 helpful. Super helpful. Well, we're at an hour and I got to go. So, okay. I mean, like I got to go in four minutes. We can still talk about other stuff if you want to, but I, I, this was good. This was this good. is good, man. This, this is good. This, this is like solid content. Like I love talking to you about about church stuff because it's one of those things that like it makes me want to be like maybe I should just go back to working for the church, but not at a parish unless you want to pay me all the monies, which I know you can't. So I, it is fun. Like I, there's there's a thing about this yeah. that like when you're I don't know, I get I confuse the trees for the, for the forest a, a lot. And so I talked to you, uh, I told our group chat yesterday, I did some EMDR therapy, which was just incredible, just really, really in, incredible for like, uh, for, for, for me. And there are times when I step far enough away from working in the church that I'm like, man, I, I do kind of like this, but I don't know if it's just because I just like, like, like to talk about this, this, this stuff, but you know, and so on that's, it's, I don't know. 
it's there's um, something about when you're doing this stuff well, and, and you can't ever es- escape the cross when you're doing work in the church. So it's, it's, you have to like learn to really, I'm gonna love your, your cross. But when you're able to take a step back, able to, I'm gonna think about it on a big scale and you're like doing the work and you're like finding the healing that it's like, yeah, this is kind of awesome. This can be really, really cool. That's just where I'm at right now. Amen. EMDR, eye movement. It was pretty cool, man. It definitely desensitization and reprocess. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even do it. I I'm really probably should not be talking about it with any sort any kind of authority because it was less than 24 hours ago that I that I did it. But I will say, like, wow, it was pretty powerful. Cool, that's awesome. So, yeah, thank you to the Saintly app for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Joe for editing. Thank you to you, the listener. Thank you to Gomer for his body. Thank you to our patrons for your support at patreon.com slash CF. We're a little bit behind. Oh, dude. Sorry. Uh, dude. Go because ahead. I was taking my walk today and listening to the last two episodes of Catching Foxes. I was dying at your ad reads, <laughs> especially for Kyle's one for Saintly. I loved it. It was so great. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool app. I really, I really do like it. He's a parishioner. Yeah, no, he, he's a really nice guy. I mean, we've only interacted over email, but it seems like a really cool, cool dude. So, but what was I going to tell you? Oh, yeah, we are in the process of we're switching everything over to Spotify. So, if we're a bit behind okay. getting some episodes up on on Patreon, I apologize. We're we're just in the in the process of like getting a lot of stuff over. Spotify is going to be hosting the, the podcast and stuff, which for most of you shouldn't change anything. A yeah. few of you, a few of you, maybe like a, like less than less than one hundred might need to resubscribe to the podcast. Hmm. So just because of, I think it's. Do you remember when I tried to check out the a- Apple stuff to like see some of their yeah. like analytics? I think I accidentally created a new RSS feed, so it's listed twice on iTunes, but it has a very small amount of downloads. So I have to, I have to, I have to get Homer rid of one for the redirect. So I may, I'm gonna bring you in on that. Okay, but anyways, everyone, just Spotify is like really. It's actually funny. Spotify is now the second biggest platform for podcasts. It's skyrocketed. Do you know why? Because they actually freaking care. Yeah, about it. Like, their Apple stuff is great. Nothing. They have so many. I'm actually super impressed with Spotify. Spotify, if you want to buy this podcast, it is 100 percent for sale. Hello, you so, want to buy this podcast? 100 percent for sale dynamic catholic it is we'll see <laughs> we'll see with the dollar sign i mean yeah no everyone could be yeah, yeah yeah no i mean we, we like we we have a we have a price so we too want to be the best person the <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen god bless y'all thank y'all so much bye bye Are we compartmentalizing the grief? <laughs> Are we processing? <laughs> it's a little bit of both. A little bit of everything. Oh, 